Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM 990, the voice of Memphis. And my guest today, boy, I tell you, we've got a program. Keith Quinn is going to start us right off the top with a little bit about the market and what we're looking for in the future and 2017 and all the ideas about just the thought process of how do we invest and, and why. And, and, and the reality is just getting Keith's perception is going to be worth a lot to us today. So you don't want to miss that part. And in the second half, we got Chris Purcell and Scott Jordan, some financial resolutions, some of those things that we always make. You know, it's like I'm going to do this, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to work through this and work through that. Well, that's what we're going to hear from Scott. He's going to walk us through some things that we should listen to. And Chris, both of these guys are going to help us. And then some obstacles to keep us from those things that happen that keep us from doing what we need to be doing. So, again, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And uh, let's start off with you. I think, Keith, Keith I'm, I'm kind of interested in this thought process. There's a lot of predictions that go on. We've had a, we've had a more than reasonable... You know, if you think about it, more than reasonable 2016. I mean, it oh, was we had a great 2016. Better than a lot of people thought. Absolutely was. So so talk to me. What do you think took place in 2016 that, that caused that? Well, I think, you know, as we've talked a lot about, we had a lot of issues in 2016. You know, we went through a lot of uncertainty and volatility in the market. Uh, but I think ultimately it's, it's the fundamentals. It's thinking about, you know, what we own. We own, you know, good companies. And what we've talked a lot about the economy. The economy's been improving. The economy's not great, but we've seen economic growth. We've been adding jobs every month. We're seeing that continue. You know, we got the jobs report this morning. It wasn't as good as, as we were hoping for. We The economy added 156,000 non-farm payroll jobs. We were actually looking for a little bit closer to 180, but we continue to grow, and I think this is what has supported the market. Uh, so, you know, we ended up with actually domestically in the U.S. A, a pretty good market last year. Had a little bit of headwind for bonds on the second half of the years, interest rates went up. We knew that was coming with the economy approving and the Federal Reserve talking about raising rates. But overall, 2016 was a, was a good year. Well, what I want to do when we come back, there's a lot of predictions, and I want to hear your predictions. There's a lot of predictions, right. And, and some of those predictions, again, all we're going to do, I want to pick your brain about how to guide our listeners to think predictions are good. I'm going to let the second half of the program to help us understand what these guys need to be thinking about with right. the predictions. But I'm interested in what you have to say about what Mr. Trump, with all of his, I mean, it sounds like pro-business. So should we be thinking more of a bullish type of mentality for 2017? Well, hey, that's a question I'll ask you when we come back. Because stay tuned because Keith Quinn's with me. And uh, we're going to dive into some of these ideas about predictions. And I'll and, even drop a guarantee on you. Uh 
Okay, we'll worry about that in the next half of the program. I guarantee. I, I guarantee. Like I guarantee. Stay with us. This is KWAM, and I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Let me stand next to your fire. Keith Quinn, Chris Purcell, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and or legal situation. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back to Talk Money. I am Jim Shoemaker, along with Keith Quinn, Scott Purcell, and Scott Scott Purcell. Chris. <laughs> well, I got half of it right. I could go both ways. Chris Purcell and Scott Jordan. You know, I mean, hey guys, what can I say? You know, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Exactly. Uh, by the way, though, Talk Money is brought to you in part. This portion is to the Bailey Law Firm Estate Planning, Elder Law Probate planning for all generations, and we appreciate the Bailey Law Firm. Keith, I I really think that when you think about 2017, I've heard it said that this is going to be a year of transition where we go back to markets return to fundamentals. Now, it's amazing that we're saying that uh, back to fundamentals. Right. So guide us through with your predictions, your thoughts, and uh, you know, I know you got a bunch of them, but just your thoughts. It's just I really want you to talk to the listeners. A lot of people listen to what you say, and I think that's critical. And I want them to hear because you're the guy. By the way, if you're not familiar with Keith Quinn, Keith Quinn's the director of investments at Shoemaker Financial, a uh, very bright uh, individual and uh, does a tremendous job for us. So. Uh, Keith, I really am interested in just getting picking your brain this morning. Well, great, and I think that's a, a great way to look at it. You know, the market returning to fundamentals. So what does that mean? And, you know, for us, that means that we're focusing more on, you know, the individual investments we want to own. We were so low after 2009 that everything moved up together. You know, everything in the market was moving. Everything concert. moved down. To- everything <laughs> moved down together. So we're starting to see that's kind of spread out a little bit. And it's more important to look at the actual factors impacting the individual companies that you may own or the credit that that you may own. And that's what we mean by focusing more on the fundamentals. You know, we talk about 2017 and what we're expecting. Well, we expect to see, you know, an increase in GDP growth. We expected to see that before the election. So, you know, how does that translate into higher stock prices? Because that's what we're looking at. You know, how does the fundamentals translate into earnings? You know, we talked last week about potentially earnings growing uh, over 11% in 2017. That would be great. That would help us out on valuations. It brings up the earnings and the prices have already run up in a lot of the sectors of the market. So how these 
policies impact individual companies is going to put more of an emphasis on being a good security selector in 2017 than probably has been over the past five or six years. So you're saying this impact being a positive impact. It's a positive impact, but it's disproportionate. So certain companies are going to be impacted more by a strong dollar. Certain companies are going to be impacted less by tax reform. So it's figuring out how those uh, work for individual companies. I think it's going to be key in 2017. That's good. That's good. All right. Start with us. Uh, let's go with your predictions. Where where are you going and what are you thinking? Right. So we think that, as we said, we think global, uh, global growth is going to pick up. Despite all the headwinds that we've seen out of the EU, there's several votes uh, in the first half of, of this year uh, in the Netherlands and France and Germany. These votes are on the uh, uh, heels of the Italian referendum last year on the Brexit vote. So all these are more nationalistic policies. So are definite headwinds to Europe. But we're seeing more global growth. And I think that's one of the the uh, themes that's going to play out over 2017. Now, not a lot of growth, but accelerating a little bit. And yeah, I heard important. it put one time when you when when we get healthy. The, the rest of the global markets get healthy. Absolutely. When you look at the market, the market's incredibly interconnected. You know, we just uh, looked the other day uh, uh, back again at the percent of revenue from the companies that are domiciled here in the U.S. So these are U.S. companies, but how much sales do they get from their overseas operations? And what we saw was that 31% of the revenue of these S&P 500 companies comes from overseas. So we're an incredibly interconnected global economy. I heard it said, uh, and, and we've talked about this before, if we sneeze, the rest of the country, the rest Absolutely. of the global world Absolutely. gets the flu. Uh, and that's true. And I that's mean, true. That's a that's... fact. So, we're, so you're saying that global economic growth will Will accelerate somewhat, yes. Okay, so that, we need to say yeah. that's, a, that's a prediction that's that a you're, prediction. you're yes. pretty comfortable yes. with. Give me another one. Uh, we think the unemployment rate is going to continue to go lower. It ticked up a little bit this morning. It's hard it was, to believe. It's hard to believe, but it's at 4.6%. It ticked up this morning to 47 uh, We're getting close to full employment. But if we keep adding these jobs, then we would expect the labor market to tighten. And that's what we're going to see when we start seeing wage inflation, which is a really good thing. And we haven't seen that over the last five or six years. So wage inflation is very healthy. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of that. So we would expect as the labor markets tighten, the unemployment rate comes down. But again, that's a good thing for a growing economy. Let's talk about that for a second, because, you 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 know, if you would have asked somebody four years ago, three years ago, even two years ago, we, we would have had people telling us, well, we're at full re- unemployment. Absolutely. We, nobody, everybody who wants a job's got a job. The problem with that was the jobs were not as productively pay a productive income paying job sure. as we had seen prior to the recession. So now now what you're saying is this labor market tightening mm-hmm. is going to see, as you said, wage inflation, that's going to produce a better economy because if I was making ten dollars an hour doing one thing and now I can get a job making fifteen dollars an hour. Absolutely. It's just giving me more opportunity to raise my standard of living, and that's what you're talking about. Well, that's what we're ultimately, you know, we always think about the economy in terms of the consumer because the consumer drives about two-thirds of our GDP growth. So it's one of those things uh, that's incredibly important, how consumers feel. So as you have, as you said, you know, with wages going up and seeing some wage inflation, it puts more money uh, in people's pockets. You know, we also looked back at a number recently. We were looking at, at household net worth, you know, how much we've improved since 2007 and how strong the consumers are. 
And the number we saw that really stood out to me is household net worth. Now, this is net, so it's, you know, your uh, assets minus your liabilities. Right. But in the third quarter of 2007, uh, the net worth of households in the U.S. was at $67 trillion. $67 trillion is a huge number. This was right before the recession in 2008, 2009. But as of the third quarter of 2016, so $67 trillion in 2007, it's now grown to $90 trillion. So consumers are looking so much better. Uh, balance sheets are less levered than they ever have been in uh, looking all the way back to the 1980s. So all of these things argue for greater participation. You know, we talked last week about the, the expectations index going up a lot with this, this thought that people are more optimistic about the future. And all that translates hopefully into better spending, which goes to better earnings, which goes to better stock prices. Consumer, consumer confidence is what we talked about. And the reality being is there seems to be a confidence uh, that's that's exploding here uh, with the president-elect Trump. And that, uh, do you see that as affecting that mindset and that whole group? I, th- I think it absolutely does, uh, because as people are more confident, they're more willing to spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but you're seeing that across the board. Uh, you know, professional money managers seem to be more confident, more optimistic. And it's because, you know, as we've talked about, it's the possibility of actually getting some fiscal policy reform to support our monetary policy that we've gotten from the Fed for the last eight years uh, to help us get to that next level of growth. You know, we haven't seen a calendar year of 3% GDP growth in the last eight years, and that's very unusual. So if we could get that to three, if we could get that to four, and four is is not a pipe dream, but four is a huge number. 4% GDP growth is a big number. If we got anywhere close to that, really good for the economy, but really good for everyone in this country. It brings up the standard of living for everybody. And you want to pay off the debt? That's you want to pay you, down the deficit? That's how you pay yeah, off the deficit. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Keith Quinn is my guest, and we're talking, as you know, Keith is the Director of Investments for Shoemaker Financial, and we're listening to his predictions for 2017. And, you know, the thought is that, Keith, I know you do an enormous amount of research about this, but you're talking about global economic growth right. globally, and that's mm-hmm. that's universal, yep. and the fact that unemployment will drop, and you're saying, I mean, down to the 20, 17, 20, I mean, 15 years lowest? Well, I, I, you know, I know, and, and I know you're going to have him on in a couple of weeks to talk about this, but I, I know, you know, one of the things, and again, we read a lot of different guys, but I'd read uh, Bob Dahl's top 10 yep. predictions, and, and one of his predictions was that the unemployment rate would drop to the lowest it's been in 17 years. Now, 17 years ago, and I had to go back and look this up, wow. the unemployment rate was at 3.8%. So that's a pretty good move that's down to 3.8. Move, I don't yeah. know if I'd quite go well, that far, that is, uh, wow. but I do think it comes down. So, so you're talking about four, almost a percentage. Almost even, a percentage. Wow. Almost a percentage point, yeah. What other predictions have you got, sir? Well, yields. So we talk an awful lot about bond yields. Uh, For the last two years in a row, the Treasury yields have moved up, haven't moved up a a lot, but they have moved up from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And we think Treasury yields will go higher this year. Uh, The 10-year Treasury is right at 245. Uh, We think it will end end the year higher than 245 with at least two, if not three, rate hikes by the Federal Reserve in 2017. Two to three rate hikes. Two to three, and that's data dependent, so that one's really hard to predict, but I would say between two and three. I was reading that it appears that the Fed is struggling in, in understanding Mr. Trump. I, I think everyone is. So it's, uh, you know, one of the things that we've always said about President-elect Trump is, you know, take him seriously, but do not take him literally. Yeah, uh, take good. him seriously that he wants a good trade deal with China. Do not take him literally that he's going to put a 35 percent tariff on Chinese right. imports. Yeah, in other words, um, 
A lot of rhetoric sometimes. And so you don't know how that's going to play out in, in, in actual policy. Until we get some of this stuff on paper, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard to tell what we're going to actually be able to accomplish. But as we've talked about, you know, the more we see, uh, I am pretty confident that uh, that uh, his cabinet picks are, are looking really good uh, and that there's going to be some progress. Scott, made. let me ask you a question. Scott Purcell and uh, Scott Purcell. Scott Chris, Purcell. Chris Purcell <laughs> and Scott Jordan. <laughs> Okay, guys, if I do that again. It's two great minds. That's right. right. Oh, you guys are unstoppable. I combine two great people into one, right? Chris Purcell and Scott Jordans. Chris, I wanted to ask you a question because what what Keith's saying, from consumer confidence to treasury yields going, how does your clients play out with this, uh, Chris? I mean, from the standpoint, when you're talking to a client, do they get into those thought processes? Is Is that a mindset for them? How do they feel? How do your clients at this point feeling? Are they confident? That we're looking at a good 2017? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, as you've seen, we've had a great 2016, and people are excited for what's to come, but there's also some unknown. Um, And you have every client's going to be different. Some people follow the news. Some people just kind of blindly believe what you're going to talk to them about. And so... Part of our job is coming in and explaining what's going on in the world, what's going on in the news, and how it affects them. Um, and so it's more about communication, letting them know what's going on, how it affects their plan and their investments. That's good. That's great. Scott, what about you when you're talking to people? Well, I think we are seeing more optimism. And, you know, we really focus on the long term. So we've we've designed our portfolios to to account for all these That's economic good conditions. That's good so. point. That's Really, is to stay the course and and focus on the goals. And but you are hearing up. that, as Keith's saying, this this optimism, this consumer confidence. It, you're seeing it even as we talk to people today. They're just not. We've had people that literally are talking about, well, I want to do this now, and it's it's like we have to rein them in right. to say, stay the course. Your still asset allocation should still be whatever it was prior to Mr. Trump. It didn't change after Mr. Trump. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, you know, emotions, they're kind of the enemy of any good investment well, that's plans. True. And that, that's good emotions and bad emotions. You know, fear or, hey, things are great. Let's let's shoot for the moon. So fear have to kind of rein, that, rein those emotions in and stick with the plan. That's a great point. You know, Keith, we talk about a solid, good, reasonable 2016. Right. And nobody's going to say that, well, it was bad. Even though it started this time last year, it started off very rocky. But now the, international equities weren't great, well, no, but domestic was really domestic. Good. That's a great point. If you have a balanced portfolio, you saw some some movement, but not stellar growth right. in, the, in, the, in the international market. But uh, what do you think about 2017 with stocks? Well, we think we're going to have another good year in stocks. Uh, we have seen it's it's really interesting. So uh, as of last year in 2016, that was eight years in a row that we've had an up year for the S&P. Eight years in a row, right? The record of years in a row would be nine. Nine years in a row. So we think we're going to have another up year in the U.S. markets this year. Mm-hmm. But we've never had ten in a row. So that may argue for a little bit against 2018. But for 2017, uh, I think everything is setting up really well for another good year in the U.S. markets. And again, it's more about fundamentals. We expected earnings to grow by double digits before the election. So with this earnings growth and if you add in some th- potentially game-changing tax reform, regulatory reform, could be big. You know, that, that's a great point because – we're not saying that Mr. Trump should get credit for a whole lot of this. Absolutely there not. There was already some things. In it was. Place. Uh, it was already. It was. Ar- he's inheriting a stable economy, which makes potential 
fiscal policy reform that much more powerful. Yeah, if we were in a recession, it you know, it's really hard to get the economy moving again, but the economy's already moving. And if you just tune in, of course, Keith Quinn, and we're talking about predictions, and again, they're just predictions. They're not investment advice in any form or fashion, and we're definitely not telling you that just because we think something that you should make a decision based on these this type of conversation, and, and we want to make sure, that, of course, past predictions or past performance is never an indication of future performance. It's never an indication, but I, I can give you a guarantee. Are, oh, you, are you ready for I, it yet, or do you want to wait? You know, I, I remember that you said that. I think I'm going to wait for are the you guarantee. Are going to wait on that? It's a good one. I, I'm going to wait for the guarantee. But give me one more. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about the bond market. Or are stocks going to outperform bonds? You, you're heading right, on so, stocks? Right. We think stocks are going to have another good year, and we do think stocks are going to outperform bonds. So we see on the, the positives, the tailwinds on the stock side, earnings acceleration, a more business-friendly environment, the headwinds on the bond side, are interest rates. If we think interest rates are going higher and if we think the Federal Reserve is going to hike at least two times, if not three times, that's an absolute headwind to bond returns and to bond yields. All right, let me let me ask you this, because this is, uh, we've just got a minute here before we take the break, but just a thought. Uh, financials? Financials. And, and health care. I mean, yeah. right now, Obamacare is in deep trouble. At least, I think they're saying it is. Now, I heard this morning that they're talking about some way of saying, okay, if we're going to change it, what do we change it to? Be sensitive, be aware, be, you know, don't just whack and, you know, like we saw happening eight, six years ago. So what about financials and what about healthcare? I think the consensus is pretty strong about financials, Uh, financials, banks, uh, just look better with uh, with interest rates going up. That's a, and the potential for regulatory reform. If we get rid of some of the more uh, restrictive provisions of Dodd Frank that could speed up lending money, all of these things are very positive for banks. So banks look pretty good. Plus, banks have been one of the sectors that hadn't done as well with lower and interest rates. And they're stuffed with cash, right? Stuffed with cash. The balance sheets look great. Yep. So yeah, banks look banks look really strong. Healthcare, like you said, that one's a little bit trickier because it depends on what areas of the healthcare uh, sector you're talking about. Are you talking about pharmaceuticals? Are you talking about insurance company providers? And there's all the unknowns. You know, this week, both parties have been on Capitol Hill. President Obama was on Capitol Hill talking to the Democrats about how to keep Obamacare. And <laughs> Vice President-elect Mike Pence was on Capitol Hill talking to the Republicans about how to repeal it. Yeah. And they were basically both there at the same time. Yeah, so how all this plays out is going to be interesting. But it's so intertwined in the economy, you can't just do a straight repeal of Obamacare. That's not going to happen. You can repeal parts of it. But nobody wants to kick those 20 million people who have insurance now off the insurance roll. So how do you manage that? All right. If you just tuned in, of course, I'm talking with Keith Quinn and Scott Jordan and Chris Purcell. And we are going to be back in just a minute with more of Keith's predictions and some fundamentals about obstacles to wealth accumulation that you need to be aware of and some resolutions about how do you get started. And that's what uh, Chris is going to talk with us about. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And just remind you, we're not making predictions for you to go out and make an investment because past performance has nothing to do with future performance. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. 
podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. All right. Uh, you're listening to Jim Shoemaker, Keith Quinn, Chris Purcell, Scott Jordan. We're talking about basically some thoughts and predictions for 2017 and what we're thinking about is planning some ideas for the new year. How do you get started? What are the things that you should be doing that uh, new year's resolution for financial stuff and how do you do that? And then again, Scott's going to help us understand some obstacles that keep us from doing what we need to be doing. This is the year. If you haven't been in doing investments or haven't been doing financial planning, you haven't done a will or something. This is what we're going to talk about. How do you get started? But, but, I like that word, but before we go any further, I have got this guy that I'm trying to, you know, hold the reins on him and it's almost impossible. He has a guarantee. A guaranteed investment tip. Yeah, a guarantee. Now, you know, guys, when we say guarantee on the radio, every compliance person I know their hair, you know, on the back of their head goes straight up. I mean, it goes crazy. Uh, but that's good. I mean, I like keeping them on their toes, <laughs> you know, making them think. And by the way, that makes them listen to the program for sure. But I know you have a guarantee, and I think it's an excellent thought process for everybody to hear. So, Keith, what is your 2017? Guarantee. This is my guarantee. And so let's look back a little bit at what happened in 2016. And we talked about that. And the S&P 500, U.S. large cap stocks, basically had a 12% return in 2016. A little bit less than that, 11.6, I think. Uh, But a 12% return in 2016. However, if you missed the three best days in the market. Three best. Three best days in the market. So if you only missed three days, your 12% gain dropped to 4.4%. You know, that's dramatic. To miss three days. I mean, that's, I guarantee you, people thinking right now going, it's impossible. But you're really, I mean, that's a fact. That's that come, a fact. That's that just, comes that's from what a group of people that out. do some research for us, and uh, they do it called by the numbers, and they give us that type of data. So that's not calculated from our standpoint. That's for third party calculating it for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. So here's the flip side of that coin. So you miss the three best days, your 12% return drops to 4.4%. But what if you miss the three worst days? So you're out of the market. You're out of the market on the three worst days. And I can think of, you know, three pretty bad pretty days. Bad. Brexit was one sure. of them, you Brexit, know, yeah. dropped almost 6% in two days. But if you miss those three worst days, your 12% return goes up to 22%. 22. 22%. Just by missing the three worst days in the market. All right. Now, let's get that thought process. 22% return. I want some of that. I mean, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> but you had to be... Out of the market for the three worst days. All right. If you're out of the market, would you possibly have missed the three best days? Yeah, and that's the kicker. So if we look back over the last 20 years, and, and you know, we look at the study a lot, six of the 10 best days have been within 10 days of the 10 of the worst days. They've been, excuse me, been within two weeks of the 10, 10 worst, worst days. days. So, uh, you know. So if what's it, your guarantee? My guarantee is that you cannot possibly pick these best and worst days. You cannot time the market. It is absolutely impossible. You can't predict when to be out to get that 22% return. You have to be fully invested. 12% was a great return. 4% was a terrible return. Uh, 4 and 22 are just unachievable. So my guarantee is I guarantee you cannot pick the best and worst days in the market. It's always like we say, you have to stay disciplined, own as many stocks as your plan can uh, afford, uh, and hold on to them. You know, and we have a lot of people that talk about that. We have a lot of people that talk the theory, 
And uh, the reality is it may work sometimes. No question that you can have some algorithms that can create some numbers and you go, wow, that's pretty good. And they've got to say, oh, we've got a track record. And it's how was your track record? Well, it's 18 months. You know, that's just not a track record. If you can do that for 20 consecutive years right. showing where you have been able, then that's a, that's beginning to develop a track record, and we know those are extremely and, and we always say, you know, I can find a bunch of triggers that will get you out of the market, that's but it's a, how do you get back, get back in. in. So that 22% return is assuming you missed that be, that worst day, and then you're right back in the next, next day, day, and that never happens. Okay. Motions will keep you from doing that uh, If you're scared exactly. the day before, you're terrified after it drops, exactly. so you never get back in at a lower exactly. price. Exactly. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're talking with Keith Quinn, and we're talking with Chris Purcell and Scott Jordan. And when we come back, I'm going to dive into some resolutions, and this is going to be Chris Purcell. Before we go, though, I just want to remind you, anytime you're talking about investments, just keep in mind that, hey, this is not a prediction of the future because we can't predict the future. We're just giving you some ideas, our thoughts, our predictions, no way, because past performance doesn't tell us what's going to happen in the future. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. On September 26, 1933, all the members of the John Dillinger gang escaped from prison in Michigan City, Indiana, in the early morning hours. What is not well known is that the FBI arrested notorious Memphis gangster and bootlegger George Machine Gun Kelly that same morning on the order of J. Edgar Hoover. Kelly had kidnapped Oklahoma City tycoon Charles Urschel and had been on the run for over 50 days before the FBI caught up with him in Memphis. Kelly surrendered to the FBI and Memphis police without a fight. The trials that follow were significant because they were the first kidnapping trials in the United States after kidnapping was made a federal offense. They also marked the first time that defendants were moved by airplane, and it was the first major crime solved by the FBI. George Kelly and his wife were convicted and sentenced to life in prison. George spent 17 years in Alcatraz before being transferred to Leavenworth. He died three years later of a heart attack on his 59th birthday. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with uh, Scott Jordan and Chris Purcell and Keith Quinn. 
Guys, I finally got that. You know, that's I mean, good. I, that's I, good. I, I'm getting, I, you know, you can only, after a while, I, you know, <laughs> get up and, you know, I had my first cup of coffee and I'm ready to go. But right. it takes me a little time. Well, Chris Purcell is going to talk about New Year's resolutions. And, you know, we all do that at this time of the year. Everybody puts together this top 10 list, this, you know, here's the five things I'm going to do in 2017. And I asked if Chris would give us some some ideas of what he hears with what his clients are thinking about and why they're doing this and what they're thinking about and where they're headed. And so, Chris, welcome to the program, sir. Yeah, thanks. Happy to be here. You know, you, you do a great job with your clients, and I know they, they talk about a lot of things. And this is that period of time in the year where people do those New Year's resolutions. What are some of the things you're sharing with them to help them not only make that New Year's resolution, but to keep it. Sure. So, you know, everybody, like you said, it has the it's the New Year rebirth, trying to, to get fit and trying to stay on track for 2017 and get a plan together to be successful. And one of the first things that I tell people to do is actually let's not look forward, let's look back. Mm. Let's figure out what we did in 2016. So let's collect all of our information and see, you know, what happened with our investment accounts, what happened with our 401k, checking, savings. How are we spending? Uh, and identify what our strengths and our weaknesses are. So when you do that, you're talking about just a financial inventory. Exactly. A review, an inventory of, of where we stand today, because if, when we're trying to figure out where we're going for the future, we need to see what our current positions are and yeah. how we're holding up. I can't lose 10 pounds if I don't know what I weigh today, right? Well, he had to go there. Didn't he? <laughs> but I look around. He the looked room. right at you when he we said were, that. You know, he did. He actually did. You know, I paid attention to that too. He didn't look at anybody else, but to me, I get that. That'll cost you. That'll well, cost you. If he would have looked at me, he'd have had to say forty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but now here's the thought. Here's the thought. Lynn and I used to go away from the city up to actually to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. To a, an old Holiday Inn. I mean, it, it was old then, and it's still old, I'm sure, if it's still there. And we would take and do exactly what you're talking about. Not only an inventory. It was The kids were small, and they had an indoor pool. They had one of the atriums, you know, where they had the pool indoors and stuff. So the kids could stay in the pool. Lynn and I would get on the side, and we would take all of our data and do what you're talking about. We would do that personal financial inventory. And then we would talk about what we were going to do for that year. That, you know, if it was 2017 and we're setting right now, and it would be, and it was, you know what it was, and I and I hope she's okay with me saying this, it was a way that she could communicate with me with no holes barred. Uh, you know, you're married to a financial guy, that cannot always be the easiest thing to do. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, when you live it and you're thinking, He's so tuned into it all day long, and she's an artist, and that's not her thing. And so, you know, for her, this was her opportunity that if she, I mean, she would come prepared. She would come with her notes. She would lay out what she wanted to do housewise, kid-wise, all those things. And it was a time that, that you know, okay, big guy, sit down, shut up, listen, because I got the floor for the next hour. And that was the communication that was absolutely imperative for us to have. Because I admit to you that after we got back, it was, you know, I was back into my mindset. And for us to pull off and start talking about something else at that point would be very difficult. But she forced me, and that was so important. So what you're talking about is taking the time to do that inventory. And what we're saying to our listeners is do it when it's a time that you can do it and be comfortable with it. 
Certainly. Take stock of what you've got. And then you touched on a, a very important one as well is defining your goals. What are you going to do in the future? And, you know, making sure those are realistic. I know Keith and I probably want to grow more hair in 2017. Not going to happen. Oh, uh, come on. I'm sorry. I think Bosley <laughs> might have something to say about that. But it's just not It's not realistic, right? Actually, Scott and I have no problem with that. <laughs> That's right. And I'm that looking, was, that I'm looking at Gil's hair right now. Technology is catching up. Gil's I will have a has, full head of hair before know, I die. Yeah, There's no sure, doubt. Sure, <laughs> It would take a miracle, guys. <laughs> you know, Modern but, medicine is very much like a miracle. <laughs> but that's what you're talking about. Now, Scott, I guess I have a question for you. He's given us two. Take an inventory to stake, talk, stake, take stock of what you have and then define your goals. Why don't we do that? Well, my experience has taught me the most prominent obstacle to achieving financial goals is procrastination, hands down. Mm, uh, tough word. People always want, you know, any goal we're trying to accomplish, we have a tendency to want to push that off till tomorrow. You know, we see it all the time. Couples in their 20s are like, I got plenty of time to worry about that. And they get in their 30s. Now they new spouse, new house, new car, a lot of things competing for those dollars. And then as they grow, kids have to go to school. For, for weddings, Chris, new and, baby, you know, right. all the yes, things like that. Yes, absolutely. So there's never a great time to start. So I think what I'd like to say is do it now. All right, let's let's take that for a second. What Lynn and I would do, we set the date to do that, and it happened basically the third weekend, second or third weekend of January every year. And pretty much we did not allow anything to get in the way of that time. So that eliminated somewhat that mindset of procrastination. And setting the goals was not easy. So give me some other. You said, okay, don't, you know, set, take an inventory, set your goals, and what Scott's saying is don't procrastinate, get it going. Chris, help me out. What's the next one? Sure. I think another one is building an emergency reserve. Um, we, we tell our clients to build somewhere between three to six months worth of expenses, something that they're going to feel comfortable with. Um, because in 2017, there are going to be things that happen that you weren't expecting, uh, that you didn't plan for. Maybe it's a flat tire. Maybe it's the brakes going out. Maybe it's a hot water heater uh, collapsing on us. But at the end of the day, I don't know what it's going to be. What I do know is something's going to happen that you're not prepared for, but you are preparing for it by keeping that money in reserve, ready to handle any of these challenges that jump up at you. Is there an amount that somebody needs to think about when they say an emergency reserve? Yeah, I, it, it depends on the person, what's going to make you feel comfortable, but kind of general rule of thumb is three to six months worth of expenses. Mm. I think that's a good place to start. And then, again, it's, it depends on the individual. You may not feel comfortable with that amount in there. Um, we don't want to put too much in there a lot of times because we don't just want cash sitting there stagnant. Mm. Let me ask you this, because a lot of people struggle with the two, two big things that they're saving money for, mm. 401K and then their emergency fund. And then, you know, then they've got that savings for college and all those other things. Put it in perspective, is an emergency fund – more critical for the individual than the 401k plan at that if they're say under 30 under 40 what's I, the- I want them to start building that as, as soon as possible if they're not there um and i also want them to can you look at the 401k as well uh you definitely want to be pushing both of those at the same time to get them built up and not sacrifice one for the other but what happens is if you do not have a properly built emergency fund then when something does and will go wrong you're going to look around and where do i have money oh it's in that 401k let me pull it out uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to take penalties. I'm going to pay taxes, and then what was the point of putting it in there in there in the first place? Yeah, sometimes you say, well, I could get a hardship loan, but boy, those can get to be really probably You got to pay it. You got a five year. I mean, it's a real. You get yourself in trouble. So you're saying fundamentally, 
start with an emergency fund. Exactly. Okay, that's exactly. critical for snow. All right, if we're talking about procrastination, we're talking about building, uh, you know, an emergency fund. Take an inventory. Think about what you're trying to get, you know, what you're trying to do financially. Set and define some goals. Communicate with the person that is significant in your life that's going and guiding you and helping you through this. When we come back, we're going to get into some, some of the issues, that some additional issues. Uh, one I want to get Scott to tell us about because it's one of our biggest problems. I suffer from it. You suffer from it. And we're all going to be dealing with it, especially in 2017 as we get this consumer confidence going. So Scott's going to give us some insight to it. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, when we talk about financial planning, when we talk about New Year's resolutions. You listen to Keith Quinn earlier in the program. He gave us his predictions for 2017. That gave us some insight into what we should be doing. Chris Purcell has been talking about the New Year's resolutions, about financial things. He said, number one, take an inventory. Know where you stand and what you're trying to accomplish. Spend some time communicating with your significant other. Find out where you're going. Set and define goals. That's so critical. Scotty actually mentioned to us that we get this whole big thing. We're going to do it tomorrow. It's called procrastination. We live by it. It is the backbone of what we do. Why do it today when we can put it off until 2018? That's what we think. And we shouldn't do that now. I want to go to, I mean, Scott, this is critical. So many people, when we think about it, we get in this this whole idea of the planning process, but we struggle, and I struggle, and all of us struggle with this, getting a good grasp of where our money is going. I, I have to admit, this is going to be transparent, confession day. Uh, I go to Walmart. You guys were talking about, I, I do some shopping there, but you go to Amazon and you'd get caught up in it. So we, we spend too much. Getting a handle on our spending habits. Talk about it with me, Scott. Yeah, I think, Jim, you know, an overwhelming number of the clients we sit down with and go through the planning process with, they really don't have a good grasp of where all their money is going. And they really don't. I mean, uh, they struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, most of us are going to have a lot of wealth passed through our hands. You know, you take, for example, a 35-year-old couple, you know, assuming they work till 67 and income paces with inflation, they'll have over $6.6 million passed through their hands. And nobody thinks about that. Right. So how much of that are we going to grab back and put on our own balance sheet instead of spending and putting on somebody else's balance sheet? Right. That's a good point. So we, we spend a lot of money. Now, you were mentioned, Keith, that you do okay uh, on most things, except there's a particular you know part that, you know, spending that gets in. Gil was actually mentioning to it earlier. Well, too. Gil and I both. I think, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in spending more than you intended to on Amazon. And I'm pretty bad about it. And Amazon Prime is phenomenal. I mean, you can get on there and order anything you want and get it basically the next day. Uh, and as soon as you buy something, they've got three more things that everyone who bought that has also, also bought. bought. So, yeah. so you're yeah, looking at, uh, well, yeah. Can, that that one-click purchase. In a hurry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I mentioned the fact that, you know, if you bought something or you thought about it and you didn't buy it, 
for the next six months, they got to remind you that it's still there. You Absolutely, need to go to the store. that's right. You can't like I can go to the store at least when I get to the you know to the door and it opens up and I'm out of there. Okay, I'm done. But if you're doing it with a computer, you're going to get reminded. So knowing that, and you know, some people I know some people. Hope they're not listening. But I know some people that have bought clothes. They're clothesaholics. They buy clothes. They get delivered. Okay. Right. They look at them. They hang them in their closet. They never take the tags off. And they're still in the closet. Jim, have you been hanging out with my wife? Oh, <laughs> oh I can't believe she. Yeah, it's going to cost him. But, you know, there's people like that. They get, you know, and I mean, you get this, especially if it's on sale. I don't need it, but. Oh, yeah. If, if it's, it's on, on sale, sale. Ah, you know, hey, <laughs> I, they're not making as much money as they were, so I need to buy it today. Yeah. How many of us do that? I was actually looking in my closet today thinking about that. There is a camouflage shirt that I bought a year ago. It's still hanging <laughs> in my closet. I admit it, and it's still got the tag on it. It's a short sleeve shirt. Now, why did I buy a short sleeve camo shirt? That's not a short sleeve camo shirt. That's kind of weird. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. You know? uh, okay, I get it. I get it. But we're all guilty of that. So knowing your spending habits are critical when you're trying to plan and thinking for the future. All right, Chris. One more. Give me an idea. You said number one. You, you've told us to take an inventory. Number two, define your goals. Number three, building an emergency fund. And I like what you said. That was more important than sometimes putting money into your 401k. It can keep you from damaging or destroying your 401k. So having an emergency fund of three to six months of your normal expenditures, your expenses. Sure, sure. And I think one of the last ones to look at is you you just mentioned it. So once we get that emergency reserve full, uh, we go back and look at retirement and, and start planning for the future and rededicating our funds to making sure we have a nice retirement um, and not forgetting about it. As Scott mentioned earlier, it's easy to procrastinate. Day in, day out, there's something that I'm going to want to spend my money on than something that I'm going to use 20, 30 years on down the line. So make sure to make it a priority to start looking at what your max contributions are and see if you can budget your way in there to get it in there. If not, what can you do? When you're talking to a client, do you find that they really are ready to do this? Or do they struggle with it? Um, I think they want to do it, and then there, there's good intentions, and they and you may say, "Well, can you can you do six percent?" And they think, "Oh, wow, that's a big number." But then when you actually show them the number, it's something that they can they can handle. So it's almost wrapping your mind around the numbers and figuring out, "Yes, I can do this," and seeing it almost on paper. You know, we're in a digital society now, but when you write things down and look at it, it's like, "Wow, that that's something that's achievable." And then every year, trying to make another step up. Well, again, if you just tuned in, that's, you know, listening to Chris Purcell and Scott Jordan and Keith Quinn. If you'd like to talk to these guys, their telephone number is 757-5757. Give them a call. I mean, because really what you're t- dealing with here is, is it's the new year. What are your resolutions? Do you need help? And most of us do need someone to guide us through that and to keep us from facing these obstacles and dealing with them and making sure that you're working through them, you know, just get these guys on the phone and know how to do that. Scott, and your thoughts, do your clients, do you feel like that sometimes they get caught up in doing things that they shouldn't be because they haven't done the planning? I think that's correct, Jim. You know, that one of the, the things, the value that planning brings is that organization and that ability to sit down and look at everything and, and create a plan. A create, you know, we talked about spending habits. Create a spending plan to know where you're going to send your dollars and 
Guys, you're right on track. Get a plan going, and I appreciate what you guys have been saying, and thank you for what you're doing and how we're putting it together. You covered a lot of material today. The reality is it keeps us focused on what we're trying to accomplish. I want to thank you both for just spending the time. You know, this has been a great program. Chris, thank you for giving us some resolutions. Scott, the idea behind, uh, you know, what are the roadblocks? Thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Keith, you always do a great job for me, guy. My pleasure, sir. And uh, no way could I do the program without you. Well, thanks for listening. Let's talk money on KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My producer and board operator has been Gil Worth, guest and content coordination, Francis Ford and production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich. Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Brazier and written by Drew Johnson. You're listening to Jim Shoemaker on Talk Money, KWAM 990. Thank you for listening. We'll be here every week helping you make the most of your money. Keith Quinn, Chris Purcell, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.